1: Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at q for hillsdalecom or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth.
1: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Morning, glory, America, Belgium, high Canada. I'm QQ at live inside the Beltway this morning. I'm so glad to be with you. I was up late last night listening to Dan Senor interview, Haviv Reddick from Jerusalem. And it is quite obvious to me that, and I, I hope you listen for yourself to Dan Senor's podcast. He's going to join me tomorrow to talk about his new book, The um, Miracle of Israel. The Genius of Israel is the name of the new book. It came out before, of course, ten seven. It was finished before ten seven, But since 10 he's been interviewing quite a few um, people on the ground, including this revelation of me. We like Dr. Oren. We talk to Dr. Oren as often as possible. And I don't think anyone is, is as informed as Dr. Oren. But Haviv Rediger, who works for the Times of Israel, is about as close. And Dan dropped a pod last night at 11.30. And instead of going to bed, I listened to it and stayed awake because I am quite intent and focused on the war because it is not a war of Israel against Hamas. It's a war of the West against barbarism. And we need to win it. By we, I mean the Israelis are doing the fighting. We've got to get them everything they need. And Haviv Rediger last night explained, and it was completely gripping, that the so-called pressure from the West is doing nothing except turning Israeli resolve to finish Hamas into into iron, uh, into steel, that the so-called pressure and the marches are just telling Israel that they've got to look to their own men and women, their own resilience, and whatever friends they have in the West, and this show is one of them, and the... Republican Party is certainly one of them. I think you saw the debate last week with the Republican Jewish coalition and blow off everybody else. And they're doing it. They're not going to be deterred. They're not for turning. So yesterday, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, about whom I was wrong, I I had some hope he would be competent. He's not. He went on the Sunday shows yesterday and, and urged Israel to avoid firefights in hospitals. You know what that does? All that does is encourage Hamas to erroneously believe that Israel will not attack them in the hospitals. So they stay in the hospitals and they keep people hostage in the hospitals. And it's just another example of a feckless, incoherent, confused Biden administration. They go from full-throated support for Israel to don't, don't fight in the hospitals. It's incoherent. And Israel doesn't care anyway. And if Anybody in the Biden administration breathes a word against Israel, that will shatter the Democratic Party forever. As it is, I think a realignment among friends of Israel is happening in real time. Let me run down the news for you this morning. Tragic story. Five members of the U.S. Army Special Operations Forces died in a helicopter crash in the Med. Uh, an MH-60 Blackhawk went down. So today is my extension of Veterans Day. It's also a day of remembrance for these five, I don't know if they're soldiers or airmen or Delta, or I, I have no idea, hadn't been released. But I do know that it's a dangerous world, and they've been serving their country. I'm going to spend half the show, like the second half of each hour, pl- talking with um, some veterans of the long war and how the Semper Five Fund and America's Fund, the fund.org, have helped them to complete the show I began on Friday because Veterans Day came on Saturday, which is rare. I normally devote one whole show to it. Instead, I devote half the show on Friday and half the show on Monday because I want to make sure you're up to date in the middle of a war on all the news. Uh, so that will come up at the bottom of the hour. U.S. airstrikes killed Iranian proxies in Syria. Uh, we're not going to take it More than 50 Americans, I mentioned this um, on Friday, more than 50 Americans have been wounded by attacks from Iranians in and their proxies in the Middle East in the last six weeks and finally dod has taken the gloves off israel has announced a sharp drop in the rocket and drone attack warnings from the south and that's because they're being destroyed hamas is being methodically reduced hamas and the un say that patients health workers and displaced have left shifa hospital so good that they're they're allowing more than 200,000 people have gone from northern gaza to southern gaza because Israel is fighting a war according to the laws of armed combat. <clears throat> and that doesn't mean that hostages work. It just means that you try and minimize civilian casualties, and they are. Um, Hamas has appeared to rule out a partial prisoner exchange. Yesterday, President Biden revealed in a readout, not directly, that one of the hostages, a three-year-old American toddler, who, both of whose parents were killed on 10-7. Did you know that? Um, the, the, the Jake Sullivan story is in my, I've already told you about it. What I did not tell you about is a story from the Jerusalem post. Hamas planned to push the October 7th massacre to the West bank border. So if you don't have a map in your mind, think of the West bank as being Indiana and Gaza as being Pennsylvania, not that far, but they're going to go from Pennsylvania, break through the fence and maraud across Lower Lake Erie, all the way to Indiana, and they got halfway there. Now, the distances are different, but that gives you the sense. They didn't get where they were going to go. The Israeli Defense Forces rallied, and the police and the Border Services rallied, and the Israeli civilians who are armed rallied, and they killed 1,500 terrorists. But 1,200 Israelis were dead, and 230 were carried away before the terrorists were stopped. But their original plan would have hit major Israeli cities, IDF bases, and they had alerted terrorist cells in the West Bank, which did not activate because they did not get there. Um, 1,600 Jewish alumni have demanded Harvard crackdown on anti-Semitism in a scathing letter. I want you to know that foxnews.com has become a silo. You can find it. I've tweeted it out over on X, reposted a link to the silo at foxnews.com that collects all the stories about anti-Semitism in the United States and the world. Very, very useful. And these 1,400, 1,600 Jewish alumni of Harvard, I wish they'd circulated it to everyone. You don't have to be a Jew to think that the anti-Semitism at Harvard is the most disgusting thing I've seen in the 49 years I've been associated with the college. It's just disgusting. And the president of Harvard should quit, and the board of trustees should quit. And Columbia and Princeton and Cornell and everywhere else where it's broken out, all of you should quit. Get out! You cannot fix the problem. Hadn't happened at Chapman. Of course, it hadn't happened at Hillsdale. Hasn't happened anywhere that has good administrators. Uh, yesterday, President Biden—or actually, I think it was on Friday—the former, the president got lost at Arlington at the Unknown Soldiers ceremony, and it's very sad. The president is infirm, and he did not know where to go. And it happens all the time. It is not funny. We are in the we are on the cusp of a major, major confrontation uh, with our enemies in the Middle East. And this is not funny. It also reports, by the way, that fourteen percent of U.S. voters say Joe Biden has made them better off. Only fourteen percent. I don't know who those fourteen percent are. They must be government workers. They must be union, uh, public employee union people. Because nobody's better off with this inflation. Senator Scott dropped out of the presidential race. So now there are four left other than the former president Four trying to match up against Donald Trump, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis and Vivek. Vivek's not a serious candidate. I, I, I'm happy to have him on talk to him. He's actually taking votes away from President Trump. He's kind of trying to be a, a Pete Buttigieg figure. And he's at four percent. I don't think he's going to make the next debate stage. I do believe Christy Haley and DeSantis will make the next debate stage, which will be a News Nation debate along with Megan Kelly and Eliana Johnson. And I hope they have good production values. I'm very gratified by the general reaction of the debate last week, which was surprise and amazement that NBC News could put on a good debate. I like to think I contributed to that in the two weeks of preparation that we did, but they're professionals and they knew that it was for the Republican, they got it right, it was for the Republican primary audience. It's also only five people, it's a lot easier to manage than eight, certainly easier to manage than 13 to make sure everyone got, and Ronna McDaniel and David Bossie pushed for, and NBC adopted the 90-second rule with no right of reply, which makes for a much more coherent debate. Much more. 90 seconds is adequate to answer a question, and if someone has driven over your foot, you can bring that up in the course of 90 seconds. My subtext over at the universe is full of people and their comments, and I'm methodically going through them and reading them all. In the event I get called out of the bullpen again, uh, you can always improve. You can always improve on a debate. But that was the best debate I think we've seen in presidential primary debates in eight years. Because, again, rehearsal, 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 anticipation. It's not about the moderators. It's about the candidates. And we only had five. The next one will probably only have three unless the former president comes. But three or four, you can have a great debate. You can have a great debate. And Republicans will have a choice to make. And I'm Switzerland, and they're all welcome here. I'll be right back, America. Don't go anywhere. Lots more coming up on today's Hugh Hewitt Show. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I'm reading Walter Leonard's subtext to me. And thank you, Walter. I I get... Lots of texts from my friends in the universe, people who subscribe, and they want every hour of every show, and they want to hear Dwayne's After Show, and they want to hear my grand old pod. And they like to talk to me, and I send out questions occasionally. Walter wrote to me, in my opinion, the format, the debate format served. National security is foremost in importance. I'm glad the inflation component was addressed, but agree, Social Security and election results, while worthy of discussion, could have been left for another day. Just want to thank you for shaping my worldview with your intellectual stimulation from years of listening to your show. Well, thank you, Walter. But the, the key about the debate was that it did spend 60 to 70% on national security. All three of my questions were about China. I don't know if you noticed it, but the first one was about China and Taiwan and the ships we need to stop it. The second one was about TikTok and the third was about fentanyl, which is really a China problem. And that was by design. And the amount I'll, I'll spend most of tomorrow talking about the debate by that point, all I'm not trying to shape the reaction to it. I'm not not weighing in. I'll write about it for the post tomorrow and I will talk about it with you tomorrow. But I'm letting it settle before I look backwards to help people moving forwards with the debate. I think I'll be on a special report tonight and I'll be chatting with Brett off the air about what work. It's just so much easier to do five than eight. And it's so much easier to do eight than 13. And I've done them from four to 13. And in the off years, I've done two Senate, two governors, one recall in the last three years. And it's just a lot easier when there are five or fewer. And it's easiest when there are two. Uh, I also want to tell everyone out there that um, my focus on Israel is because this is so there's a march in Washington tomorrow, which I will go to. I've done one march in my life, this will be my second in support of Israel. You don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be Israeli. You just have to understand that civilization is on the line here. Barbarism. And the people who are marching in support of Hamas, I I don't know that they have souls or if they've lost their souls, but there are children being held hostage by Hamas in tunnels. There are three-year-olds and baby uh, Kavir and I study this and I do not understand how anyone tears down a picture of a child who is being held hostage by terrorists. And this is a moment of moral clarity and many people are failing that. I put up yesterday a link to a speech by Barry Weiss. Now, I've never met Barry Weiss. She and I tried to work together years ago on one piece when she was at the journal as a young editor and we just could not agree on approach. And so we abandoned the piece. But I've never met her in person. And I followed her work for a long time. I subscribed to the free press yesterday. It costs $80 a year. I already have like a thousand subscriptions. Uh, And I subscribed to hers on the basis of the Barbara Olson lecture she gave to the Fedsoc, the Federalist Society. No, I am not now nor have ever been a member of the Federalist Society. I don't join groups. And I do watch good presentations and guy Benson had pointed out people watch this. And I said, well, it's an hour long. It's not really an hour long. The first 18 minutes are music and the introduction. And it's a fine introduction, but I I knew Barbara and I know Ted. So I was able to say, I don't need to watch the intro about Barbara Olson. She was a guest on the show a few times before her tragic death on nine 11. But I listened to Barry Weiss and I said, that was fabulous. And I pushed the link out. If you go to my Twitter feed, you can find it. Just scroll down a bit and you will see an amazing speech that succinctly summarizes why we have to be with Israel now and not just Jews. Although Jews are threatened in this country right now and in every country, there's such an explosion of anti-Semitic violence that we ought to stand with our Jewish friends. But, the reality is, the Iron Triangle of China, Russia, Iran, is everywhere on the march, and we're inviting Xi Jinping to San Francisco. And I don't know what they've done with the homeless up there. They put them in a in a in a room somewhere, and they've cleaned up San Francisco for a communist dictator. And this morning, in News Items by John Ellis, which is another thing I subscribe to. The two things I, I subscribe to: the Free Press and News Items. Those are the only non-major market platforms, but I think you ought to get. He he quoted Kevin Rudd, the former head of Australia. Xi Jinping has brought an era of pragmatic, non-ideological governance to a crashing halt. In its place, he has developed a new form of Marxist nationalism that now shapes the presentation and substance of China's politics, economy, and foreign policy. In doing so, Xi is not constructing theoretical castles in the air to rationalize decision that the CCP has made for other more practical reasons. Under G, ideology drives policy more than the other way around. Want well, to remind everyone, a great sponsor of the program is myphdweightloss.com. Generalissimo went on that program more than a year ago, lost 50 pounds. He's kept it off. And, uh, stress eating is not allowed, I don't believe, even though we're under a lot of, uh. Sure, uh, tempted a- to
0: this week, aren't we?
1: Uh, everybody is, I, but, but we don't, they, I'm sure they give you tricks of the trade to combat that because that's one of the habits. You broke that habit. You're not going by Del Taco or Taco no, Bell. Have not. No, you haven't relapsed. Have not relapsed. Uh, if anything, what the resolve is, is,
0: you know what? The world may not be as safe of, of a place as you think it is, and you
1: actually need, do need to stay in shape. You need to be able to be mobile and, and be able to move around. And that Um, is, a and it's healthy, it's wise, it's productive. 864-644-1900, that's- 864-644-1900. MyPhDWeightLoss.com. As we head into the holidays, maybe you want to take off a few pounds before we get there. That might be the best way to do it. MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Glory, America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt, live inside the Beltway with an old friend. Dr. Frank Luntz joins me, and I asked Frank to join me because I want to hear his assessment of the debate last week. I want to hear his assessment of how the Israeli Defense Forces and Prime Minister Netanyahu are communicating. And I want generally his assessment on how to make words work. I have told you before, the single most influential book in how I broadcast is Words That Work, Frank's book from over a decade ago. Changed how I do things. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Good morning. And I have to
2: tell you, my first assessment assessment is you. you. You kept the debate moving. You asked the right questions. The audience didn't boo because of you guys. That NBC surprised everyone in the room by running a clean, clear, confident debate. Maybe the candidates fell a little bit short, but you guys up on stage did a brilliant job. So Hugh, thank you for not look for not making the Republican look like the uh like the chaos that sometimes it does.
1: It's really much easier to work with five than eight or thirteen. But uh Frank, I don't know if any of the networks consult with you. I would actually have you on retainer if I were a network to sort of go through the debate with everyone. And talk about rule sets and formats. I like the change to 90 seconds. I think it gives people a lot of chance. And I love killing the idea of no right of response because that creates an incentive to create chaos so that your name gets said by invoking another person's name. The rule sets always matter, right?
2: It matters. And actually, I think they should go to two minutes because in the end, we're electing a president, not a speaker. And I don't mean Speaker of the House, but a communicator. And you can say anything and show some sort of knowledge in a minute or 90 seconds. Once you get to two minutes, you absolutely need to have command. And what I hope is for the next debate, they're going to get rid of that rule entirely. And they're going to give, they're going to basically do issue blocks, uh, eight issue blocks, 15 minutes each, and let people demonstrate if they know something, let them look like idiots if they don't.
1: Yeah, we'll be down to four because Senator Scott has dropped out now, which surprised me a little bit, and I'll have you talk about that. But quickly run down the row for us, Frank Luntz, and let's start left to right. Uh, Governor Christie was to my left, so let's go. Governor Christie, Ambassador Haley, Governor DeSantis, uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, and Senator Scott, start with Governor Christie. How do you think he did?
2: I think he did okay. I don't think he did great because there's no knockout punch. There's nothing that we remember him by. If you go back to 2016... Christie just ate Rand Paul's lunch, and later on, he forced Marco Rubio out of the debate. Those are knockout punches. Chris Christie has the ability to do it. He's a great communicator. I thought he was good,
1: but I didn't hear
2: anything really special.
1: How about Ambassador Haley?
2: Nikki Haley, every time that, that Vivek Ramaswamy goes after her, he ought to learn that she destroys him that she is quick on her feet. Her answer to abortion, I think, is the answer to the Republican Party that, make no mistake, did badly. And this is the second election in a row since Roe v. Wade that has not gone well for Republicans that did worse than expected. And I believe that Nikki Haley has the answer to that. She continues to exceed expectations. And I know that in the room, more people thought she won than anybody else.
1: Uh, You know, when she said, you're just scum, uh, she embedded that. And I hope it's decades down the road that we read an obituary of Vivek Ramaswamy. And I'll probably be in heaven when that happens. But that's going to be in his obit. And I don't think it was rehearsed. I think it was just a, a, a visceral reaction to the attack on her daughter.
2: Well, here's the thing. I didn't hear it. And I don't know if you'd realize, but I was in the fourth row, dead center. So she didn't say it loudly enough for any of us to hear it. But I know it was heard at home. And the other one was Vivek's calling Zelensky a Nazi, Zelensky being Jewish, coming from a country that was destroyed by the Nazis. That one, we couldn't believe what we heard, and we're all looking to each other, wondering, did he just say that? I think, by the way, he was the big loser of the night.
1: Now, I get asked who was the winner, and I say, I don't know, but I know who lost, and it was Vivek. I will tell you, Frank, I didn't bring that up because I thought it was a verbal misstep as opposed to an intentional statement. Uh, the attack on the ambassador's daughter was quite obviously a deflection from his using TikTok. Governor DeSantis was in the middle. He's in the lead of these five, though Ambassador Haley is catching him. What did you think of Governor DeSantis?
2: If you re- He's Richard Nixon of this race. If you read his transcripts, he doesn't do badly. In fact, he does well just by reading the transcript. But when you see him, his debate coaches have still not affected uh, an effective delivery. And so he reminds me of a, of a 11th grade, so junior in high school, debate champion rather than a presidential candidate. The words are good. But somebody needs to sit with him on the delivery.
1: And then let's—the uh, senator Scott has dropped out, so he won't spend time on that. But Mr. Ramaswamy, your assessment of where he is and what he needs to do if he's going to get back into people's good graces.
2: So I teach all over the country, and my Republican students—and there aren't many—but my Republican students <clears throat> love him. If you're over age forty now, it used to be over age fifty; it started over age sixty. If you're over age 40, you don't like him. You find him offensive. You don't like his foreign policy. You believe he's an isolationist. And he sounds like a young, articulate Donald Trump. I got to tell you, if you're under age 30, he's still the uh, the Andrew Yang of this campaign. But if you're over age 50, which is the average age of a Republican primary voter, you don't like him at all.
1: And I should say, by the way, Frank is not affiliated with any campaign. Uh, so that neither am I. Correct. We're both in Switzerland. Frank, now I want to switch to something I didn't prepare you for, but the Israeli Defense Forces is communicating online and in person, as is Prime Minister Netanyahu, and meet the press yesterday, as is uh, Defense Secretary Gallant and Benny Gantz in the War Cabinet. How do you think they're doing in messaging about the war?
2: I've actually started to look at that in a real way. Let's start with Netanyahu. He carries such baggage into this whole conversation And perhaps it's not fair because people judge him before he even says a word. But they don't trust him. They don't feel comfortable with him. They don't believe that he has the interests of all sides at heart. Obviously, you have to represent and defend your country. But they look at him and they think that he's part of the problem, not part of the solution. So he's very glib. Uh, He's got an answer for everything. But if I were waving a magic wand, I would have him on television in America much less than he is. The one who's doing the best job, and it's not one that you mentioned, is the former prime minister, Kali Bennett. He put CNN in his place. He put the BBC in his place. He's challenging these networks to be fair. He's challenged them to be accurate and to be truthful. And I got to tell you, he really is. Israel's secret weapon, because most people who see him don't realize that he's the former prime minister. And he's so effective in his language of saying that is not true.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. That reminds me, I I heard Ronna McDaniel from backstage. I watched her and I know that you said something online afterwards that she's a secret weapon. I don't think people understand that including the RJC was just a brilliant stroke, and that was Rana and David Bossie in the RNC. But she also communicates extraordinarily well. And I know there's 10% of the party that just loves to hate on Rana. Like, they always love to hate on the RNC chairperson. But what do, you, what do you think of her? I think she's doing a fabulous job.
2: I think the reason why I consider her a secret weapon is because you normally don't see a party chair being a good communicator. Because she's a real person, even though she's got that name that she married into it, she's. I watch her and I listen to her and she talks like an informed and educated average ordinary human being. And when you stuff these communication with really smart people, And then you have people like Vivek who just go for the jugular every single time. Rana has a way to not just be heard and not just be listened to, but be followed. And I agree. I don't often often say that about the party chairman, but she's very down to earth and she communicates real passion.
1: We have 30 seconds. I don't think the former president is going to do a debate until we get down to one or two, and Vivek will be one of those two. Do you think he should do one before that?
2: No, and I even tell him don't do any. Don't put yourself in that situation. You've got anywhere between 40 and 50 percent of the vote. Why bother? Now, I don't think that's good for democracy. I don't think that's good for the Republican Party. But as an advisor, I still tell him don't debate.
1: That that's I, I do think he's going to have to if they get down to one alternative plus a bake who's really just a stand in for the former president. But we will see. Frank, keep coming back. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Dr. Frank Luntz on X, the site formerly known as Twitter. Anyone who needs help, call Frank because he knows what he's doing. I'll be right back, America. I'm you